Hello and welcome to Story You Talk Radio. I am your host, Coach Debbie. I'm here every Thursday with you at 4 o'clock Pacific Time and at 7 o'clock Eastern Time every Thursday. And I love to talk to you about how to write your book, your blog, your brand, and how to navigate those stories you live by. Because there are so many stories we are managing in our worlds. And, and we don't have to be writers to be in the midst of managing stories. One thing that came up this week, especially if you are listening to the live show, you know we just had a St. Patty's Day holiday. And I received some notes about feeling pretty unlucky. So I decided to shift gears and really focus on the notion of embracing the luck of the Irish. Because I, I think a lot of people believe some are lucky and some are not. And I think many people believe, I'm not lucky. <laughs> I'm not feeling lucky. And what do we do when that's how we feel? So I'm going to talk to you today about three ways that you might embrace the luck of the Irish and that you might see that no matter what day of the year it is, you can be one of those people that you consider lucky and that is not a person full of struggle and that is a person who has bold and focused abilities as opposed to being scattered or insecure or even worse, feeling lost and very unlucky and wondering why your good luck charm isn't working today. We're going to abolish all those thoughts and get down into three tips of what's going to help you feel really lucky. I used some real live examples to get me excited about today's show because I thought, um, well, especially while I was talking to a client of mine, Marianne, who has worked really, really hard on her latest project. And she was just feeling like here she is at the tail end and some things just were not adding up. And one thing she said to me is, Debbie, I have never been the lucky one in my family. That's not me. And I thought, wow, I, you know what? I used to say that too. I used to say that about myself, that there are people in my family that are really lucky and it, it never seems to be me. But a lot of years ago, I changed that. I got sick of not being the lucky one. And I really started paying attention to what seems to be underneath a person's natural good fortune. So, like I said, we're going to talk about that today. If you want to call in and get some coaching, you can put in a call directly to me here at the studio. And that number is one 
888-298-5569. Marianne, if you're out there, I welcome you to call in today so we can dabble with this a little bit more. The number is 1-888-298-5569. And I also have my Facebook Messenger open at my homepage, which is Debbie Handrich, and I'll be checking that throughout the show. So Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y, and Handrich is just like it sounds. It's H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H, Debbie Handrich. So I'll be checking in and seeing if you have some questions today about really embracing and honing in that great luck of the Irish. Let's think first about what what is luck. According to Merriam-Webster, luck is chance considered as a force that causes good or bad things to happen. Luck is chance considered as a force that causes good or bad things to happen. I love the idea that it works as a force. Because once I started to understand that, I also started to notice how I could trace back to the origins of some people's good luck. One thing I know about people that seem to have luck on their side They always seem to come through being the one in the room that appears lucky to us, appears to have few, if any, struggle. That's the person who I've noticed is consistent about removing anything that clutters their path. Do you know these people? You have to kind of be nosy. (laughs) <laughs> like I am, to to really understand that a lot of people that are lucky pay attention to clutter and they they dissolve their relationship and their tolerance to it by simply removing whatever is cluttering up their life. So, for example, I used to know someone who was never out of work for long. He would often uh, get his mood going so that he might lose a job, but he was never out of a job for long. And I used to think, he's such a lucky guy because it's not like he had million-dollar skills that he could fall back on and, and just be the most talented person you could hire. But when he decided he would go out and find a new job, lo and behold, it would just be a matter of days and he'd be employed again. Now, like I said, he wasn't someone that I knew that had the best even keel of a temper, but he got stuff done. And it really appeared that he was just lucky. So one day I really paid attention when he was once again out of work and he just said it like another fact. You know, I, 
I went to the store, I bought milk, I filled the car with gasoline, and oh, by the way, I lost my job, but don't worry, I'll have another one soon. And it was like, what What was that last one? <laughs> what was that thing you said at the end there? And um, yeah, I started to really pay attention. So this was a person I noticed who had his resume just at his fingertips at all times and who just would go to it and and like it was doing the dishes would often update it for no reason whether he had a job or didn't have a job he was constantly updating the resume and adding to it what his latest accomplishment was and sometimes I can even remember saying, are you, are you about to go back out and look for a job? You're working on your resume. And he'd say, no, no, just, just keeping it up to date. Never know when you're going to need it. I mean, that's a, that's a really, um, how should I say it? That, that just showed me a certain tenacity about him that he always had that resume clean and polished and ready to go. I mean, he knew himself well. He had a hot little temper. He'd lose him, himself a job every now and then. But he also would be right back out there getting the next job. He was a bit of a charmer. Another thing he did that that kept his path very uncluttered and made it look like he was just such a lucky guy is that he had a lot of people in his life. Now, they weren't necessarily the best of friends, but he had many congenial relationships. He was one of those people that easily made friends, and he also kept a certain distance between himself and his friendships. But I noticed when he'd get a little hot-headed and lose a job, He'd also be on the phone that day or the next calling up some people and saying, hey, it's me. Guess what? I'm putting myself out there for a new job and I wanted you to know. And I, I'm really thinking this time I'd like to go after X and I'd like you to keep your eyes and ears open for me. I mean, he was a great networker. He kept his path uncluttered with things that didn't serve him and filled with that which did. So it's just an example to show you that, to me, he always looked like this lucky, lucky guy. When, when a job didn't serve him anymore and he'd get frustrated and angry about it and you know, often lose the job because of the way he behaved, he would find himself in something new very soon after the event. And it was because, at least as far as I could tell, not just that he was hoping for some good luck, but that he really kept those pathways uncluttered. That resume was always up to date. He had plenty of people he could call at the drop of a hat. He really had no problem asking for help. And from the outside, it looked like he was just full of good luck. 
It looked like he was one of those guys that took after the Irish. But honestly, I, I would say he had a great skill in keeping his path very uncluttered. It's a story I watched him repeat several times. And, and like I said, I got a little nosy one day. Started really paying attention to how he worked it. And I don't think it was just good luck. I think it was his attention to the path he was on and keeping it very uncluttered. So that's just one tip for the person who's thinking, I'm not so lucky. Maybe what it is is that you could direct your attention to those pathways that are a little bit cluttered so that things come to you with a little more ease. Not necessarily luck, but that that force that the dictionary speaks of, that force that moves towards us and makes it look like something just happened out of clear, thin air. Think about that. And think about if you would like some coaching on this topic. I've got two more tips we're going to talk about. But first, we're going to go to our first break. So stay tuned. We're going to come right back. I'm Nathan Mum, and I'm the host of Tech Time Radio. Tech Time Radio is officially on KKNW from Saturdays from 4 to 5 p.m. You can listen to our show live. We are excited to also then rebroadcast our episodes on Thursday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. The hosts cover top tech stories with a funny spin. That's good. Hooked so, on phonics worked for you, didn't it? <laughs> Just a little bit. Grab your weekly technology without having to geek out. Yeah, I can imagine. We talk technology for the everyday common person. Hi, this is Lisa Downs, host of Reigniting You, the show that takes a positive, forward-looking approach to mid-to-late career transitions for Gen Xers and Boomers every Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock Pacific. Whether you're looking to stay in the traditional workforce, do your own thing, or retire or semi-retire, Reigniting You is your source for career transition advice, inspiration, and insight for what's next in your career and life. Join me Wednesdays at 3 o'clock to get re-energized, recharged, and reignited. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm thinking about the notion of, since we've just had our St. Patrick's Day holiday, if you're listening live, I'm thinking about the notion of embracing the luck of the Irish and really focusing in on what what happens to people before we see them in a series of lucky events. You know, we, we might show up on the scene at a point in time where it just looks like someone is so lucky and it, it can make us feel like we don't have the same sort of luck on our side. And why don't we? And how can we have it? And gee, don't we deserve it? And all those things when 
actually, I think a lot of people have been very thoughtful and have paved the way so that luck is working in their favor in in such a way where it it looks effortless to us, but they actually put a certain amount of care and effort into it before the actual event arrived. My friend Marianne um, is also a client. We were talking about this, and she really inspired me to think deeper about the topic. And, and funny for me, as soon as I started doing that, then this topic started coming up in more of my client conversations earlier this week. So I thought, well, let's just have a show on it. So right before the break, we talked about the notion that some of those people that seem lucky, they're actually pretty darn good at removing clutter that is on their pathway before they even need it removed. Like my old friend who was always updating his resume, every single little conference he went to. In fact, he didn't call it a resume. He called it that, oh, is it a Latin word? His CV, which stands for la, 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 la. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. But it's basically bigger than a resume. All of us in, in education, we were required to have one. And it it was where you kept track of every last talk every last 15 minute segments of giving of your time and you made sure you had record of that looks like a resume but it actually goes on for pages and I noticed my friend he would do this for every single conference every single lecture every single article he wrote every every single anything now, he was a bit of a moody guy, so he got himself kicked off of a few things, but he always found his way right back on. And I would say a lot of that had to do with his skill of keeping his path very uncluttered before he needed it to be that way. It just seemed to be a pattern he had. But another pattern that he did not possess although I've noticed this in, in others, and I've worked very hard to acquire it myself, is the pattern of unhooking yourself from any drama where you're not needed. So what I mean by that is sometimes people think you're so lucky because you didn't get pulled down deep into a situation and they did. Or they think you're so lucky because you didn't get called on and recruited for something, and they did. They think they were at the wrong place at the wrong time. Those sorts of things. Or you didn't get pulled into the family or work or professional disaster that was going on. And you ended up having a great week while others around you really were suffering. And some people ask, you know, how did you escape that? 
I, I've been the person who got caught in everything. <laughs> and it just seemed very unfair. I mean, especially working in publishing, that's an area of a lot of drama. A lot of drama, a lot of deadlines, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. And if you don't know where you need to be and when, you can get pulled into things that are beyond your true role. And you can become deeply overwhelmed. So I had to start to pay attention at work. What was really my business and what wasn't really my business? Where could I be truly helpful? And in fact, where were my skills really going to shine? And where might I show up, invest a whole bunch of time, and I wasn't the one most needed? And if I did, oh, it was just going to really take away from what I had going on. I had to learn that that's a heap of drama. It's it's not really it's not really our job to volunteer for everything. And when we're hooked into the idea that we're good at everything or that we have this idea that we always have a way to contribute and we can always be someone who's on board for the latest and greatest cause. Remember, a lot of great causes involve a lot of drama that you're going to have to wiggle your way through in order to get to the finish line. So you should be asking yourself, do you really have the time? Do you really have the energy for it? Because there are going to be some crises, some dramas, some uh, some events that are big in life where it's important that you show up. So don't use your bandwidth where it's not necessary. Others are going to be sitting back and they're going to be saying, wow, you lucky kid, you escaped that one. But you know the truth. It's not that you were just so lucky. It's that you knew where to unhook yourself and win. You did it before the big event happened, maybe in the early stages of something unraveling because you knew you weren't going to have the bandwidth. You knew you weren't the expert that had to rise this time. You knew someone else would and could, and it wasn't up to you. You ended up looking like the lucky one, but what it really was is that you were thoughtful about your time and about your energy. And so when the drama got deep, you weren't standing right there on the edge of the cliff ready to fall in. You see how that works? <laughs> A lot of people that don't plan ahead think that that is great luck. But you know, you know it's a great force. It's a great force that you get yourself caught up in when you make choices 
before the big dramas come along or before all that clutter takes over your path. Um, one thing I want to share with you is that I, w- I was kind of getting down on my luck because a friend who has written a book in a very similar area where I do a lot of writing, she got a contract with a publisher that I would love to work with. I would just love it. I would be over the moon. And when she came to me, of course, she forgot that I I might have any, um, any sad feelings toward myself and that I would only, only be celebrating her. Um, and what I found was that I was celebrating her 80%, but I was, I was licking my wounds 20%. I could feel myself going, mm, she made all this happen pretty quickly. And I'm still over here, not really, not really taking charge. I mean, she's had a lot of lucky breaks. I caught myself thinking this. She's had a lot of lucky breaks. But you know what? Once I once I got myself out of that thought of, you know, I've got this little wound to lick over here, and I jumped in full steam ahead and really celebrated what she had accomplished in a pretty, you know, pretty quick amount of time. Um, I've definitely been working on it twice as long as she has. I started to think about how she runs her life. Now, one thing about her is that she's a mother. And I remember, I I am not a mother. She's a mother. So I, I think of mothers as being busy people. But one thing I remember before COVID in the early, in the early days of her starting this project, I remember being over at her house and it was clean as a whistle. I mean, wow, you know, not a speck of dust anywhere, not a single paper um, to to show that that feels like it's one of my downfalls. I'm just always looking for a system for my papers. Um, her house was intact and she's got three kids. And so I just, I asked her, you know, Sarah, how do you do this? How do you make all this work out? And she's like, what? What are you talking about? What work out? And I said, you don't, you know, you don't have any clutter. You've got children and things aren't, you know, all over the board here. You, you just, how do you keep things in such order? And she just said, I expect it. <laughs> it was that simple. She said, I expect it. And there was not that, not that um, military tone coming out of her and not that whimsical tone. There was just a certain confidence in her and it commanded respect. And I really, I, I remember just looking at her and thinking, what would it be like to just take such good care of yourself? Now we're segueing into my third point here. But to take such good care of yourself that 
those around you that you live with, as well as that childish part of yourself that might, you know, have have a tendency to be cluttered with papers and such. What would it be like to have such a strong expectation that things just don't get out of hand? You know, maybe, maybe, maybe she and her children do have a designated area that's more for play than it is for company. And maybe I just wasn't a part of that. I don't know. It's not like I went to her children's bedrooms or anything like that. But there was this, um, there was, yeah, it was a confidence that I felt around her when she said, I expect it. It it was a, a line. She had long since drawn in the sand that says, we don't go past this. This is this is the line I draw. This is what I expect from others. This is how I want my household. So uh, anyway, very recently, like I was saying, she has landed um, a she has landed a deal with an ideal publisher. She and I work in a very similar um, uh, genre, shall we say, and it's happening. It's happening for her. But now, now that I'm really kind of tapped in to the fact that she made that happen because she expected it to happen and not because she was, you know, thinking that things might fall into her lap, but she really has a clear understanding of her value in that area. I too have only respect for her. Those twinges of jealousy I had have fallen away because I'm looking at her differently and I'm thinking she knew that this was something that could happen for her because she expected that if she invested herself, it would come together. Now, maybe maybe she didn't expect it would be that exact publisher or this exact timeline. When we need things to be exactly away, sometimes they are, are not exactly away, but sometimes they're better. They're even better than the way we were envisioning. And so... This is this is something that I want you to think about. My third point here is, are you supremely and completely willing to meet your needs? Or are you thinking that it's up to you half the time and it's up to the world the other half of the time? Now, it's it's not a bad thing. <laughs> if you think that the world should contribute to your needs, it's not a bad thing. But what would it be like to hold a certain expectation that certain things are possible? And because you believe that, you're putting one foot in front of the other to make sure that if it's going to happen to someone, it will likely happen to you. I think this is what my friend Sarah did. 
And and I think this is why she's moving at a clip about twice the speed that I am. Like I said, we have similar projects going on. And yet the difference, the big difference that I'm seeing when I really study it is that she expected things to work out. And I've been just seeing if I do my best, will it work out? Will it come together? Hmm. Let's just see. I'd say, I'd say she's further down the road than me. She expected and anticipated that it would be good luck coming her way. And she put into motion whatever care was required so that it would. And now it is. It might just look like good luck, but I would say she's been at work at this longer than it appeared to me as well as to the outside world. Mm-hmm. So what kind of good luck can we get into when we take great care of our needs? Think about that one. And if you want to call in and ask a question or if you would like to write to me on Facebook Messenger, I will be taking those questions right after this final break. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150, raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. We are back. This is Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I help first, second, and third time authors write their books. I help people that have been thinking a long time about a blog move forward with posting their blogs. I help people create podcasts, and I spend a good bit of time helping people that are moving into writing TED Talks. That's become a big thing in this day and age. And let me tell you, it is something I love to support people doing. I have what you call an evergreen program. And what that means is it it goes on all year long and there are stages in which new people are invited in. So 
April is one of those times. If you've been thinking that you would like assistance with your book, your blog, your brand, your podcast, your TED Talk, any way in which you're expressing yourself out there and you know that it's time to get serious, I have an open window right now if you're listening to this show live or close to the live release. In April, I will be filling three more seats for that program. I also have a little availability to work one-on-one, and that is for the person that would like to invest in six months together and really make a solid transformation in your relationship with your writing and possibly your relationship with not only a a story you've been working on for a long time, but going from your private writing life to a very public writing life. If if that interests you, I would welcome you to go to www.coachdebbie.com. Coach Debbie is D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. And you can just head on over to Connect, I think is the page, but you'll find it easily. And just drop me a note or book a time to have a consultation and we can figure out what your needs are and if we would be a good match for each other. Recently, I started working with Rob, who is a pilot and who's been thinking about his stories for a very long time. And he had a very ideal publisher in mind. And so in a recent conversation Uh, between himself and the person who ran the publishing indie company, it appeared that it was now time to send out a formal proposal. So, Rob, if you're listening, I just want to say it is such a delight to be on this journey with you. And I really, really feel that since the gentleman at the company welcomed your proposal that you are probably getting pretty lucky at this point (laughs) if you want to call it that but my sense is you're you've been working out some of these things we've been talking about today you've been removing the clutter you've been really unhooking yourself from any dramas that just take you away from focusing on your writing and you're probably also taking pretty darn care of yourself because you know that your stories and this publisher is a match and you reached out to him specifically for that reason. I also want to say thank you to Rebecca who frequently listens to this podcast and who put out that gutsy connection and just said, I want to have a conversation. I want to see how you and I might match up and I want to tell you what I'm working on. You know, it it really does take a certain amount of courage, not necessarily luck, but courage 
to reach out to a stranger. I mean, I like to think that we're all friends, but I'm not sitting in your living room with you. Even though I imagine it that way, I'm not. I'm someone you have to get to know. And I really treat that with a lot of respect. When, When people reach out to me, I understand that This is the first time we have gotten to really talk one-on-one. And I want to know about your project because it is so plausible that it is either me or someone I know that is going to help you along the next step of your journey. I would love to be the one, but if I feel that I know someone that would serve you better, I will make sure to put you in touch with that person. It's not just luck. We embrace the notion of the luck of the Irish because they seem to do it so well on St. Patrick's Day. But I really think that that luck looks the way it does because before people really need something to come together, They're already working on it. They're already removing the stuff that might clutter up their path. They're already unhooking themselves from dramas. And they're already taking really good care of themselves. One of the ways I take really good care of myself as a writer is that I I do the uncommon thing. Uh, If you're listening, my dear sweetheart, hello, Todd Allen. I I think uh, he would have an appreciation for this, and I don't think he would be offended that I'm sharing this. But I, I do the uncommon thing with my beloved. I live at my house. I have a very small 640 square foot little tiny beach house that's by the water. And then I go and I live at his house. I go back and forth. And part of the reason for that, even though it costs more, even though it means a little more traveling, even though uh, it, it definitely requires some planning, to say the least, even though it means I have to really get used to our diverse life because like I said I'm by the water and he lives in the foothills Um, he lives in a more rural area I live much more in a in an area very close to the city Uh, I do this because it is a supreme way to take care of myself it's not to say that I couldn't be a a great writer or a great teacher if I lived in his home. I'm sure I could. But it is to say that there's something really deep inside of me that knows when I need to be on my own, when I need to just be in my own space, have my own focus, not have to really put someone else's needs before running my business or just taking care of myself. There are times when I know I just need to be first. And 
there was a time in my life where that sounded like such a selfish thing to think of, let alone claim. But now I just see it as a way of taking wonderful care of myself. And, and there might be a time when I don't really feel that this is important anymore. And I change things and maybe I go and live in the foothills with him or maybe we repot ourselves in, in a something totally different. I have no idea what our future will hold there. But what I do know is who I am today. And it is up to me to take supreme care of me today. And a lot of people think that I have the supreme good fortune of things that just fall into place so easily. I'm told that a lot. You know, uh, I was at a women's business networking group not too long ago. It was a online meeting and um, it was it was brought to my attention by one lady. She said, you know, this thing you're talking about, you haven't been working about on this very long and everything seems to have just fallen into place for you well you know what it it might look that way <laughs> but there was a lot of care behind that it might look like I just had a lot of luck going on but I've been taking really good care of myself so that it's not that hard when I'm alone to get up at five o'clock in the morning and take care of writing that really matters to me. I can get a whole lot done and feel great about it between the hours of 5 and 8 a.m. Now, I don't want to do it every day. Believe me, I am not enough of a morning person to do this. But it has become this great feeling of self-care to be in my own space, to know that I don't I don't really need to cook for someone else. I don't really need to tiptoe around the house and be quiet for others. I don't really need to check in and make sure that it works out with other people's plans. It's great for me to just have that time when I know this is my time. This is my time to do what I feel is important to do. In my career, I do an awful lot of writing. Well, how's that going to happen if what always comes first is the boyfriend and the second home and the three chickens and the two dogs and the two cats and the three daughters? I love them all. Believe me, I love them all. But it's really, really hard for me to see a direct line between me and my business if I am always planted there where all of that is going on. Sometimes it serves me best to take supreme care of myself and just be in a place that's just mine. And again, to many, that looks very selfish. When I was a younger girl and I knew other women doing it, oh, oh, 
I had names for them. <laughs> and part of the reason was because I didn't have the guts to do it. I didn't think you could really truly love others and run a business and be a writer and be a top-notch teacher and hold one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions. I really didn't see how all of that could come together. But now, now that I'm a little more practiced at taking care of myself and, and sweetly saying, I think this weekend I'll be at my house and next weekend I'd love to come and be at your house. Would that be good for you? I don't ever hear my sweetheart saying, oh, you're so selfish. <laughs> it's never happened. He never says that because he really knows that luck does not carry us the way we might think it does. To embrace the great luck of the Irish or anyone is to lay down some really good plans first. To know that you got to keep things decluttered so that if you need your resume or whatever it is you might need, maybe you need access to a savings account, that you've thought about that before stuff came up. You got to be willing to stay unhooked to those dramas, to those things where sure you could make a contribution, but there are five other people in the room that could do it too. Maybe just see if one of them does before you throw your hand up in the air and you occupy the next two weeks of your time. Maybe just wait it out and see if you need that next drama in your life. And, and definitely take really good care of your needs. I used to hear this thing in 12-step in groups about how you have to think like you're in an airplane. You need to put your oxygen mask on you before you put it on anyone else. And I just thought that was the most selfish thing in the world. And anytime I was on an airplane and sitting next to a child, I'd think, don't you worry. I'll make sure I get that thing on you before I, you know, I'm so selfish to put it on myself. And then it was pointed out to me that if I wasn't breathing, I would likely go unconscious and I would have no ability to help a child or anyone near me. And I went, oh, whoa. And this is really how we keep ourselves well taken care of. We, we take care of ourselves first. We stay out of the dramas. We keep things decluttered. It's going to look like we've just got all this luck on our side. But we know the truth. We know how intentional we're being. And we're ready. We are ready for things to work out well for us. Yes. So join me on this. Enjoy the luck of the Irish and enjoy the clutter-free, drama-free, putting your needs first way of living. And I promise you, I promise you, things will come your way. Thank you for being with me today. I hope you will join me next Thursday for my next topic 
And until then, namaste, my friends.